This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Alina. We both lost babies to SIDS in winter 2021. In the throes of grief, I reached out to a stranger on the internet and our friendship was born. In the years since, we've been working hard to survive, rebuild, and navigate the continual challenges that have come our way, including divorce, job loss, dating while bereaved, moving multiple times, health scares, pregnancy and parenting a living child, starting new jobs, and so much more. We are tired. Happily Ever After is out of the question for us, but this podcast documents our journeys to happier ever after because we believe life after loss is worth living. So join us as we laugh, cry, cry until we laugh. <laughs> Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. She says be- our podcast is too quiet. And so when she's listening in the car, it's too quiet. Yeah, I've heard that feedback from other people too, but I don't think there's anything I can do because what I do okay. is I make it, I normalize it so that it's this whole volume, the same volume the whole time. That's like what I yeah. focus on is making it yeah. so it's like yeah. regular. Yeah. The problem is that Judith, as you can see, you're going to see this and Judith does this. Yeah. She's, still, she's like, hello. And then she's like, hi. And then she's her, her microphone. A headset is a brilliant you? idea. I should Wait, get a headset with Why don't you have a headset? Because you're always like moving your, you're like crossing your I head. know. You that is such like, a good idea. That's a great idea. You should get a headset. and we'll charge it to our account yeah okay it has to be right here right there (laughs) that's what you need i want you to get one that you can use around the house like when you want to just turn it on and like talk to people you know in the neighborhood or whatever like where it projects your voice (laughs) 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 okay well um everybody are as long as i'm living community please welcome judith's post-loss friend neighborhood friend and more Mel to the podcast. Mel is a um, avid listener of the podcast, even though she herself does not have a dead baby. She doesn't have, she doesn't have a baby. She doesn't have a baby at all. Um, but Judith. she is a loyal friend of Judith's and a loyal podcast listener. And we are honored to have her on the pod today. Somebody, you know, we asked for, for what should we talk about in the podcast upcoming? And actually, a couple of people said, like, making friends after loss and all of this because you do feel like kind of a social pariah after you lose a baby and I haven't really made new friends since the loss I had to get a new husband since the loss um well, you know, when last time you made a new friend period pre-loss or post-loss you Judith you're the only new friend I've ever had I'm saying before when was the last time you've had college you last time you made a new friend was in college yeah, pretty much. That wasn't I mean, me I've, I've definitely had like, you know, friendly relationships with coworkers and friendly relationships with significant others, friends and all that. But I would say college. Yeah. College. Okay. So as we were looking to answer this question, Alina was not helpful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but thankfully we are two people in this podcast. So I can pick mm-hmm. up this last. And I have made exact. I mean, I've made a bunch of friends, but I would say, like, in terms of like real wonderful close friendships, I can only think of a couple off the top of my head since loss. Really, and Mel is is probably the closest friend I've made since my loss. So, I thought Mel, we could invite you over. First of all, you said you were like hesitant to come on, and then this morning we met for coffee, and you were a little nervous. So <laughs> I hope that I hope like as it goes on, if you want us to bleep something out or edit something out, just let us know. 
Great. Yeah. But you feel prepared. As prepared as, as prepared I can be. <laughs> okay. So let's start for the beginning. So should we start with how we met? Yeah. Start with how you met. How did how you meet? First of all, Mel, do you make a lot of friends? <laughs> um, not like you have a lot. I of feel friends. like I have a lot of friends, and then there's like of my friends, like there's like soul friends. Mm-hmm. How many soul mm-hmm. friends? Do you, do you have a lot of soul friends? Now I've like racked up a few, but I don't know. Yeah, like Mel has a lot of friends. Less than ten, more than four. I think that's a lot. That's a good yeah, amount. I want to say yeah, actually, I, I feel like it's like. Kind of nice to recognize that you, Mel, actually know Tommy, the husband of yeah. Five Dot Posts, Jess Walker, mm-hmm. who was on our podcast. I will link her episode in the description. Um, so, in a weird coincidence of the yeah. internet, um, we ran into Jess Walker of Five Dot Posts, who is a, a young widow. Um, her lovely husband, Tommy, died very early. And um, you actually know Tommy, yeah. right? Yeah. And which is like yeah. such a bizarre the coincidence. World is small. It is. Yeah. It is small. It yeah. is yeah. small. It's really small. So okay. So but what, we didn't meet through the grief world. No, no, we did not. No. Mel and I. How did we meet? We became friends because you live in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and you have a you have a couple dogs, and I have a dog. And I remember thinking like our dog is a very social dog. So I just remember thinking it would be nice to have a friend that was had a dog so they could be friends like so the dogs mm-hmm. could be friends i wasn't really thinking i mean maybe i was thinking about myself also but i was really excited when i heard you were moving to the neighborhood because i was like oh and she has dogs right you were looking for more <laughs> for doggy daycare right no, no i just happened to be at house on but yeah i was, I was really excited about the fact that you had two dogs i don't know a ton of people that had dogs did you know anything about me before we met no i knew nothing about you so you didn't know that Judith had a son who had died before you met? I got no warnings. I was not <laughs> a- enough a part of the community here to know anything about. And let me ask yeah. you this. So obviously you're, you know, you know Judith's whole story now, but but when you very first met her, before you knew that she had a son who had died, did she seem like someone who had a son who died? Like, I'm curious what your first impression was. Like, were you floored? Were yeah. you like... Yes. That makes you know, sense because you're a disaster. Like, I also had a baby. That's she true. met me when my daughter was a few months old. So I met Judith. The first time I met Judith was very briefly. And I was we went to like a kiddish lunch. And I walked in kind of late. And Judith was sitting in a chair with a baby on her lap. And I was like, oh, baby. And then <laughs> you were out of there. So yeah. like we like met kind of in passing. Yeah. And then Judith, of course, like showed up on my door and announced with her dog being like, we're here to play with your dog. And we're like, <laughs> So we had like a little picnic in our backyard and I don't actually remember. I was trying to think today about if I asked you like, well, I I don't know. I had a kid that was in my lap. Whatever. She just like in the same breath as like regular conversation was like, yeah, my baby died and blah, 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 blah. blah." And I was like, okay, hold on. What? We need to backtrack just a few sentences. Wait, I just want to say that that's something that we talk a lot about on the podcast is how you share with people that you have a baby. And I say that I say it very casually. I say it so casually. Yes. I feel like sometimes I catch people off guard because I will just, exactly like you said, I'll just say it as if it's so run of the mill. Yes. Yes. Like as if I say today's Monday, tomorrow's Tuesday, yes. and Thursday I lost a baby. Friday, yes. we went to the market. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, pause. And then I was more shocked that Judith, it had only been 
a year. I haven't even been like, like two years. No, yet. it was like, like a year. And a bit. year. I was a like, year and a half. Oh my lord! Like, You're like that was soon. this is like this just yeah. happened like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just getting thrown out. Like, whatever. So then, then, and other context when I met Judith again shortly after. No, I think I met you before I found out that Aiden died. Yeah, I saw you on the street, and Rosie ran off down the street. Rosie, Judith, Judith's dog. Rosie, Judith's dog ran down the street, and Judith's like squirrel no come back Rosie and then she like tosses me Mia she's like here can you hold my baby and she like throws Mia and she goes running down the street and then later when I put together I'm like this mom she's chill like she doesn't even really know me and she just tossed me her child and then later when I heard that Aiden died I was like this behavior like doesn't so, so all things considered Judith does not seem at first blush like someone who has a dead a, a dead child and traumatized life <laughs> no, she's very but now but now that you know Judith a little bit better I'm guessing it yeah. does make sense so when I first told you I actually I actually look to other people to see how they respond to mm-hmm. judge whether or not I think I could be friends with them because yeah. this is a huge piece of my life it feels almost like saying if you were dating someone in a relationship like when do you bring up the fact that you have children like yeah. alive children yeah you're kind of looking to gauge their response also because if they feel uncomfortable with loss then i it's not a good friendship for me yeah if they feel if they like lean into it then i know okay i'm safe here this person can see the entire me and i feel comfortable being myself and bringing myself and my family you know to this friendship and so when i told her that i have a dead child i i don't know I don't remember. I mean, I remember where we were, but I don't like specifically remember the details, but I do remember she asked questions mm-hmm. and she said, wait, wait, like what? Like, tell me more about that. And to me, that's like a perfect example of someone like leaning in. Yeah. And I think people assume the opposite that we don't want to talk about it. They assume that like, you know, if I don't, that if I brush past it, that I don't, that I'm uncomfortable when the actual, the reality is the opposite. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about it and I'm looking to see if you're comfortable. I'm very right. comfortable with it. And you know, I'm okay crazy. brushing past it if you aren't feeling like you're up for talking yeah. about it. Like, I recognize how difficult it is. Obviously, I live yes. it every minute of the day. I know how hard it is. But when yeah. someone is willing to sit with you in it and just ask, even honest to God, like, even just a single question, like, how old were they? Or what was yes. their name? Or, yeah. oh, that's so hard. Like, you know, I lost my niece to XYZ. Like, even just one little leaning in really means a lot. It really does. And and Mel had shared with me that she did have some experience with loss within her family, not like a child or a parent, but she had some loss. And I remember when she told me that I could tell that, and even if she hadn't, I just think I could tell right away that she was someone who like was very intuitive, who really mm-hmm. cared and was like willing to talk about the difficult stuff. Yeah. And I think for me, that's what I needed to feel safe in this friendship right now. I think in my entire life while making friends, I needed real friendships. I don't like you know, like superficial relationships in general. But when after this loss, even more so, like I don't have the capacity to small talk in the way. Yeah. I don't have the capacity to talk about surface surface level things. So even if she hadn't experienced loss, the fact that she was willing to, and just her nature is to like dive deep and piece apart her feelings (laughs) and think about, you know, even within the course of her own life, the mundanity of her own life, like that's something that really resonated with me. So I think like, once we had that, and that conversation that we had in your backyard, that was like the first time we really hung out. And I remember after that, I remember thinking like, oh, I could actually be friends with her. (laughs) Um, 
So one thing that I was afraid of, that was the end of the summer. So I don't know, maybe that was like September. I don't, it was like one of the last few days outside where it was warm. Mm-hmm. But I actually, one thing that I was really aware of is that Aiden's birthday was coming up. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, well, Mel has seen me like fun, you know, normal baseline. But what's going to happen when things get bad? Yeah. How is she going to react to the fact that I disappear for weeks at a time or I had this loss? So as we were like leading up to this, I just want to add for context that Mel and I are neighbors, that she lives like down the block. So (laughs) we do see each other very often and she she literally lives down the block. So I just want to add that for context. So do after we spoke about Aiden that initial time, like as do you remember anything about were you nervous about the fact that his birthday was coming up? Like how did... Did you notice that I was gone? What were you, did you think like, am I supposed to support her through this? We're kind of new friends. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, it's a good question. Our friendship moved very quickly. (laughs) 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 Like, literally, you disappearing is Judith being gone for like three hours because you were at my my doorstep like every day. I think my husband was like starting to get concerned and my mom and your mom that like we were leaving our significant others for each other. So, um, I, well, I also say that my life was very hard, yeah, very hard at this time. And Mel's house was an escape for me in like so many ways. Like I would go there and like, guys, I was dealing with my husband was having a really hard time. My child was so, you know, a baby needy. I was exhausted. Like I would go to Mel's house and it was like paradise. Okay. <laughs> let me tell you what would happen walk through the door, there'd be music playing, she's painting, okay, her husband's cooking dinner. He goes, Judith, can I get you a seltzer? I'm telling you, this happens every single time. (laughs) Yes, I love a seltzer. (laughs) Judith is imagining the, can I get you a seltzer? It's more like, feline to the fridge. I want a seltzer. (laughs) But he does offer. offer. And then he'll be like, would you like to stay for dinner? I'm telling you, every time. Every time he's like, and then we sit down for dinner, even though I've already eaten dinner as the three of us. It's just like this paradise where there's no, there's no, like, they don't have like, their house is not sad, but it's not like there's no children. It's it's actually really interesting to hear you describe like the way that you kind of like had to ease Mel into this and the way Mel was like learning about all this stuff. Cause it actually really feels very parallel to the way my husband had to kind of get integrated into this where he was like this kind of outsider and I was like testing the waters I'd be like oh I have a dead kid and he'd be like oh like what was his name and it was like oh okay he like he passed that test and it'd be like you know I'm having a really hard day and then instead of him being like okay see you next week he'd be like oh like can I bring you anything like it was like every and it wasn't like intended to be a test but it is true that some people can handle this. Some people can be in this world and some people cannot be in this world. And it sounds like, I mean, certainly my husband has proven himself to be able to be in this world. And it sounds like Mel over the time you have proven yourself to be able to be in this world. But like, what is the personality that is someone who is able to be in this world? Like choose yeah, to be in this that? world. Well, I don't know. We I, don't feel, I feel like voice. I'm honored to feel like, like to be like, Oh, you're in this world now, but yeah. I don't feel like that's like a, yeah, like I don't feel like that's like a solid I think being new friends like because we became friends so fast there is or was because a lot of my like deep friendships I've had for years like since childhood mm-hmm. so there's like a lot of trust that comes from just knowing each other for a really long time so there's like a hesitancy of like will this person be understanding that I'm a human 
mm-hmm. um, in this, that I might show up and mess up mm-hmm. um, where you want to be the person who can hold space or do whatever, but you might find out in the next moment I'm not. Like, there's still... Do you think about that? Like, do you think, like, am I messing up? Were you worried mm, that not, you messed up? Like, not in my own life. Like, that insecurity exists or has existed in friendships in the past because I feel like I'm, like, a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. So, like, how I showed up in friendships and how I show up in friendships now is very different than how I showed up in friendships, like, maybe even five, two years ago, That's three years ago, you know? So... Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I had a lot of like really tough conversations with a lot of friends during COVID that for me kind of tested, like, will you still be there for me if I tell you these thoughts I'm having that maybe aren't so favorable or like Mm -hmm. that these hidden parts of me, you're going to reject me. You only like me for the parts of myself that like, yeah, what you need, Mm -hmm. you know, like fear on, and, and that respect. So because I guess like functioning that way from my childhood, like then I wouldn't know if you're gonna, I don't know, like if we have that trust where you, you're going to be mm-hmm. like, I love Mel because she's Mel, not because she's trying to be uh-huh. a perfect support friend, friend Mel me. or yeah. uh-huh. you know, like that you will see me through. Like I can mess up and That's we can repair and recover. Like, I think that one of the, one of the, things that I routinely see people talk about in the lost community is this feeling of, you know, people in my life didn't even try. Like they said nothing instead of saying something wrong. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that you, with Judith, you felt this comfort level to kind of just like try things and say things. And Judith had this like grace to just be like, yeah, that wasn't quite the right thing, but like you tried and I like that. And you're able to kind of see Mel in her attempt to be, you know, supportive and all this stuff. Cause I really do think like saying nothing is so much worse than saying the wrong thing in the vast majority of cases, like really and truly now, not every case. There are some things you could say that are so bad, like so egregiously yeah. bad. Is that how you feel about it? That you felt like you were safe but to I make think, mistake? Yeah. I, well, I think the other thing is, is that I, I'm like a very, like, I think honesty is one of my like biggest, I don't know. That's something that is just really important to me. And like, when I'm thinking about your situation, like I would rather someone do something wrong out of like a good intention maybe mm-hmm. yeah. then not show up at all. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I've been telling you about like true. things with friends where I've yeah. like had these confrontations where it's like, I've decided instead of like trying to, and like in my perfectionist brain, my former way of thinking would have been like orchestrating everything in my mind. How could I play out 10 different scenarios of what's the best thing to say in this moment and like have a conversation with someone that I needed to either talk to about something and I'd play the whole thing out in my head before I do it. And instead I'm like, okay, I need to trust that the other person is going to come 50% or that we're both going to show up in this. This isn't just on me. I need to trust and like, just let it unfold. Like there's Mm -hmm. no point in playing out everything that might happen because I don't know what's going to happen unless I'm like really, really in like partnership with somebody else's mind. So I think like, being someone who who wants to let go of that, then I can show up and recognize you might make a mistake. Yeah, and but like, I, you know, I think another thing that we're missing is that Aiden is, in terms of our friendship, like 
one out of 500 things we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it actually plays up as there's, other, there's yeah. so many other things. Yeah. What's surprising to me about our friendship is how normal it is. Yeah. Like the things we talk about are painting, yeah. your work situation. Like, well, some of the first things you said to me were like, I love to watercolor. And I was like, I do too. She was like, I love Goodwill. And I was like, love a good thrift store. <laughs> like there were already like there are other things that yeah. make us friend. And I think the fact it's, this is what I'll say. You didn't, you were not this person who was going to support me through this grieving time, like by grieving with me, mm-hmm. you're a friend and you're meeting me where I am now, where I am now is someone who can have a million interests. And one piece of them is this loss. Yeah. So, you know, me for a million things that we're friends about. And I come with this loss. Yeah. It's not that the friendship is based on the loss. Yeah. I think it would be bizarre and I would be like red flagging if like someone came in and suddenly was able, like it was a new friend able to support you in the depths of a loss. Yes. Like I'd be like, why is that person like yes. so in your business or like yes. trying to be like that? And then I would feel like they are getting satisfaction from feeling needed. Yeah. Versus like. We're just friends friend. and I happen to be someone who has a loss. And I think also like what I love about my closest friends is that we can talk about real things. And so like it's just one of many real things going on. One of many things. Yeah. things yeah. And well, you have true. real things going on in your life and they're not dead babies, yes. but there's stuff going on, you know, and you talk yes. about it. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to make a friend like Mel six months before I met her. I don't think I was in the place where my mind was thinking about anything except the loss. Yeah. And it's like, we kind of met at a time where my life is beyond just the loss right now. I have work problems. I have whatever problems. My, so, yeah. I, my clothes, Judith, I think that's like that kind of an interesting because, like, I think the two most close friends, you, maybe not the most close, but two of the closest friends you've made since Aiden died are me mm-hmm. and Mel. And we're very different categories of friend, right? Like, I'm someone who is your dead son's best friend's dead mom. Like, you know, right? Like, we're like yeah. very, our, our friendship, friendship is very yeah. based in the fact that we both lost yeah. children. And then Mel is someone who's, Honestly, like a very normal friendship. You guys live in the same neighborhood. And it's like very different. So talk to me about Judith, you making this friendship, which is so different from your and my friendship. Mm -hmm. But around the same time, you kind of made the friendship at the same time. Like, tell me about what that is like. I think there's a piece of you because you're after the loss, you're a whole new person. Yeah. And I think it's really scary to make a friend or present yourself as a person to be friends with when you don't even know yourself. Yeah. This is like, and honestly, every I, time you're saying this, I'm thinking about myself dating too, because this is how I felt. Yeah. When I was dating. It's like, you don't, it's like, I'm a new person and I don't know. I don't know how this new Judith reacts when their friend is having a hard day. I don't know how this new Judith reacts, yeah. when, you know, getting coffee on Sunday morning. I don't know how this new Judith reacts when she has free time or when she gets drunk on, you know, and makes pasta one night. I don't know this new person. (laughs) And so I think part of it is seeing that Mel wanted to be friends with this new person was really healing. You and Mel were getting to know new Judith at the same time. You guys were both getting to know I believe that to be, that's exactly what it was. And I think the fact that she wanted to be my friend felt so good and so safe because I didn't think anyone would want to be my friend after this loss because I'm whether it being like I'm self-absorbed in my own world of loss or because I'm so sad I think a lot of us wonder like is anyone going to be friends with someone who's so sad or I just have this huge like chip on my shoulder this huge like baggage that I carry like who's going to want to take that on I think there's a lot of us who feel really self-conscious about that when making new friends and also we're like we need have like special needs and sensitivities and I, I feel like it's a lot to ask of someone to be mindful of and aware of and sensitive to 
And so it feels like I'm a friend that comes with baggage, yeah. even though I don't think Mel would say that. I don't think she would say that I come with baggage, but it felt it was really healing to watch somebody want to be friends with that person too. Yeah. When I experienced like a significant loss in my life, like I, I was very like quiet about it and like very like felt, I don't know, like, yeah, like shameful of taking up space or guilty mm -hmm. for taking up space. And I thought it was so fascinating that you felt so comfortable sharing what you consider baggage. Like it was such a unique way of grieving to me. Mm -hmm. it does, and it does so much for Aiden and Quinn's legacy because when I think of you, I think of your both of your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said that to me once. You said to me, I feel like I know Aiden through you. Yeah. More through, because I, I think we were talking at some point about like, I, you I feel so bad I didn't make about, a foundation or yeah. I, I didn't start a nonprofit and I was so worried that his like memory wasn't going to live on. And you said something to me. She's like, I feel like I know him through you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I know him and I love him and I care about him just like I know and love your other child. And like, I was shocked when you said that. I didn't, I mean, it was really shocking. Because I feel like people like, so when I was younger, like my grandparents passed away in a car accident. And I remember like before that, I remember people's grandparents passing away, you know, and that just like happened to everyone at a certain mm -hmm. time because everyone, gran their grandparents got old and I was really like awkward. Like I didn't say anything to the person like at school, yeah. whoever's grandparent passed away. Cause it was like, oh, I don't want to talk about like the bad thing or whatever. And then I remember after my grandparents passed away, like this one girl came up to me and was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it was like so astounding. It was, ex I was like, Thank you. You know, like I couldn't mm -hmm. believe looking back how I had like not acknowledged other people's. I was too afraid to, I don't know, say something wrong, do something yeah. wrong. Like how could I, you know, and that really like changed everything. Mm -hmm. I really do feel it's important to grieve out loud. And I think what I hear you saying is like the fact that Lena and I are allowed, like capable and of doing it so loudly through the podcast loud. Plus, just, like, all the time. <laughs> I talk about Aiden all the time to you or whoever. And I think you're right. It is unusual, but through us, they will know him. And yeah. if we continue to grieve out loud, then their legacy can't die because we're still alive. So it right. lives with us. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's so nice. Like that they can be a part of your yeah. life yeah. now versus like my losses that I had have like were tucked in a closet somewhere yeah. that I didn't, you know, unseen and so yeah. I don't know it's just yeah it's I think it's a good model of how grief can be and maybe gives other people permission to, to feel do the same it doesn't have to be as you like de you desensitize like the scariness of I it. think that's true I think part of like brushing past it when I was originally telling you or, or just the way I talk about it or even joke about it or whatever it is I think it gives other people the license to speak about it out loud and to realize that I'm comfortable with it. So they don't have to be uncomfortable. Right. Right. That's why it's so hard to make friendships after loss because yeah. so much of what's going on in my life is revolved around this one thing. And if, if you can't accept and yeah. love and be comfortable with that one thing, then what are we going to talk about? Yeah. But also like, it's not, like it hasn't been hard to be your friend. Like, <laughs> Hide from me showing up unannounced <laughs> and eating all my cookies. Um, so you're not, I mean, and I don't know from your end, like, it's not like you're calling me when you're on the floor. I don't know that's if you've been saying. on the floor, but. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I that's what I'm really saying. Know. That's not, I, I don't, I don't call you when I've been on the floor, yeah. but I do. 
Um, I don't. I mean, you called me that one night and I missed your call. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did call her one night. She missed my call. Useless, this one. Useless. But I thought it was so nice because then I called you the next day and I was like, are you okay? And you were like, yes. no. Not yes. okay. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> this call just, like, is exactly who he is. Like, you were just, I'm fascinated by your brain. I just will continue to be. I think that that is true. Uh, I don't, like I said, Alina is my grieving friend and Mel and I talk about it other yeah. things um i think that's true that i don't call you when i'm grieving but when it was aiden's birthday one thing that you did that really meant a lot to me is first of all you brought me a meal always you didn't bring have your to. friends a meal you asked always. me you said, you said what can i do to support you and i said bring me dinner <laughs> always like i said like the day before aiden's birthday or aiden's this is birthday. another thing i find fascinating and like so unique that you know what you need like this is this yeah. is where i am like amazed because for me like this whole like shame piece whatever like yeah. am I asking too much and that like I you have such a sense of like self and and knowing you can say to your family like these are this is what I need from you during this lost time and grief yeah. time like it's just I I don't know if it's unique pod squad yeah. <laughs> mail in let us I, know if this is normal for people I think that when you go through loss I do think at some point you realize that you're going to suffer immensely or you're going to learn to stick up for yourself and find out what you need yeah because people are going to know and they're going to do a bad job if they don't know and so it's like if you want it to be successful you need to tell them exactly what you need and exactly what you want so you got to figure it out yourself or else how are you going to do that and Mel said how can I support you and I said, bring me dinner on this date at this time. And she did. And you also showed up with an artwork that you made with dolphins on it and the song that um, we played many times here. And she'd written it all out. And to me, that just meant so much. Like the fact that you would do that and that you listened enough to know that I think about him when I see dolphins, that you asked about what songs remind me about him, of him. It was like, it felt to me like you really cared yeah. about me and you really cared about him. And like you were so attentive to even these small little details and it just really meant a lot to me that you would do that especially because it was only a few months after we had met you know yeah. what was going through your mind when you did that did you say like this person needs help and this is a nice thing to do like i don't know wait i have to backtrack and ask alina alina are you similar like where you figured out what you needed and you can tell everyone exactly what you need like are you i there's this whole old saying, like, you can't, if you ask for milk at a hardware store, like, you're not going to get yeah. milk. And so yeah. I do feel like a lot of the time, like, I'm weighing what kind of store am I asking for? So, like, what can I actually ask this particular person for? But, yes, I do feel like over this time I figured out, like, these are the kinds of things that actually help, like, come over and unload my dishwasher, come over and, and fold my laundry, like, do xyz specific things like you can't i don't i don't get a lot of um i don't feel very supported when people are sitting there watching me cry or watching me feel my feelings like i like to do that by myself but that kind of like life support type thing where it's like dropping off meals unloading the dishwasher folding the laundry yeah. like that stuff helps me keep my life on the rails in a way like and so that's the specific stuff that I tend to ask for and I learned yeah. that the hard way over many many months of just people saying let us know what you know we can do and me not knowing what they could do and suffering so you kind of have to learn it the hard way I think when you have such yeah. a big loss where the tail of the loss is so long like you have a lot of opportunities to learn 
Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. True. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, it, this is, it didn't come naturally to ask for these yeah. specific types of help, but I figured yeah. it out over time. Were you good at that before? No. No. Oh my God, no. I wasn't good at that before. No. no. Okay. And I didn't know what I needed even. Like, yeah. I think before it's, yeah, I didn't know. The guilt and the shame that you're describing has never been my coping mechanism. So I never like was apologetic about what I needed in a relationship or whatever, anything like that. But I wouldn't know if... If I had a hard day, I wouldn't know what I needed. I, I wouldn't know how to feel sad. I wouldn't know how to like be active in my yeah. sadness. I wouldn't know how to feel the sadness. I wouldn't know how to communicate. I, I wouldn't know. I think that's something I've definitely learned. Definitely. You know, something else that I also want to be put out there is you had a loss this year of someone that was your age that died. And to me, that was a really interesting experience. Mm. S- sitting in my shoes, watching you lose a friend. Mm. Um, did you feel like you had somebody in your life who kind of like got it or did you feel like what did, how was it, you know, going through your own and it wasn't the same at all, but how did it feel like, you know, here's someone who feels really comfortable talking about loss, who comes about like grief. Was that helpful to you during your difficult time? Yeah. I mean, I think it is, I think it definitely is helpful because you wanted to know more about the people that were sick or passing, you know, passed, mm-hmm. like even with talking to you about Tommy, like, and I, when you came over and asked if we wanted to grieve together, it's <laughs> like, okay, lay down on this couch. We're going to set up the music. And you're like, you know, here's how it goes. We light some candles and then we come. We're just going to talk about this person. You're just going to tell me. We're just going to sit until you're ready. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think a lot of people can do that. Yeah. So I think that is comforting um, and special. But I think there is like, you know, with loss and with grieving, like everyone experiences it in their own way and there's yeah. not like one yeah. way. So I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, do you remember we were driving and what were you talking about? something, some, something to do with loss. And you were, you said something like, well, Mel, like you wouldn't really understand, like, or something you said. And I like stopped you. And I was like, no, but I'm glad you did stop me. It's almost like a gatekeeping of like. Mm. I was gatekeeping all the loss. All the loss. Yeah. And you were like, I've experienced loss. Yeah. And, and it, it felt like. A, it feels different just because my loss is one way. Yeah. I can't compare losses. Yeah. That's a good thing for you to say to me. I'm glad you said that to me. I think that's true. Yeah. I think I do yeah. feel like I own loss and it's not mine. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think it's. And I think that it's really fair to say that. Everyone experiences loss in a different way and everyone has their own grieving process. And the fact that I came to your house and said, this is how we're going to grieve. We're going to lie on this couch. (laughs) That wasn't fair because that's how I grieve, but that might not have been how you would have chosen to grieve. Yeah. I mean, I think like this is the part of me and like how I want to be in friendships now where like maybe before it would have been like, I wouldn't say something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like, I have more agency to say something so I can know if you're accepting me as a friend for, for who I yeah. honestly am in, in each moment. Yeah. And then, you know, versus. And um, something I'll say about Judith is she's very good at feedback, like receiving feedback. 
It's unreal. Judith, I, I don't understand. It's really amazing. And like my mom and I were listening to the episode the other on, on our main road trip. And I said, it's so amazing that Judith said, yeah, last week I was not, would not want to be friends with Judith of last week. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. The shame piece of like Judith being able to separate herself and like from her own actions is yeah. like, I find to be very unique. I that agree. actually reminds me of something. Remember we did an episode about, um, about like our pregnant friends. Okay. Oh and my God. My, and my, not like it, it was certainly not directed to her in any way, but Mel gave <laughs> that she really did not like it and she thought it was mean actually that was what you said that you thought it was mean mm -hmm. and I went to Lena and I said like uh-oh like maybe we totally missed the mark on this so let's talk a little bit let's talk a just a little bit about that because you see the ugly thoughts too this is great that we're hashing out our friendship like <laughs> yes live. so just called happy for you sad for me and this is the episode where we talk about our reactions to friends pregnancy announcements and it's one and that grievers can be assholes. Let's grievers, just say that. This one's for you, non-grievers, grief supporters. If you are a pregnant friend of a grieving person, this is not an episode for you. I'm just going to say it right okay. off that. It is Perfect not for you. Example. Okay. So Mel, here you heard an ugly thought. I think what I get nervous about is I don't want to get like looped on the, the hate train. Yeah. yeah. You know, where it's like. Like where like like a, like a bashing yeah a bashing like, yeah yeah a bashing you felt it which in that moment felt like a bashing it felt like a bashing but maybe I don't know why I don't know why maybe I have to listen again no because you know what you gave me that feedback and I listened again and you're fine about it there's a reason why we say if you're not a griever mm -hmm. don't listen mm -hmm. because I think if you're not grieving it does something I'll tell you what I think the fear of it is like from a friend's perspective is that you if you don't trust that like the mind will continue to change like through the grieving process yeah. or whatever then it like sucks to be a friend it sucks to be the friend that could be implicated in that yeah yeah and you don't want to be you want to yep. be on like the good team yeah you, be, you know and i think 100%. listening to it was like oh shit like you can't i mean do the villain anything. the villain in all of this is the loss right yeah however definitely. that's very hard to blame there's nothing there's no one to blame here and so what winds up happening is you you have all of this pain and suffering related to a very specific happy thing that's happening in your friend's life and it's just like it's really hard it's impossible and i think i judith i don't know if you agree with me but i think that's probably our most controversial episode would you agree with that it's, it is every single grieving person, bereaved parent who listens to that episode is like, this is so comforting. It feels so good to know I'm not alone. And then we ha also have a lot of people who are like, this one's like not nice. And we're like, yeah, we get it. It's not nice. Like we never said it was nice. The other piece about it that I think like scared me was that y'all have like a public platform. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, no, like, like you guys know your own intentions around things yeah. and like your fluidity with whatever and that. Yeah, but like not knowing if other people like just hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and they're like, and it's all of a sudden like stakes and like down yes. with whatever. Yes, no, like, I agree. People, I like agree. in your you know respond to your stories that are like, yeah, I agree, and, and I feel like, uncomfortable with that. <laughs> no, I hundred percent. I agree. I agree with you, and I am also scared about that. Yeah, me too. I'm also scared. 
Me too. You're, you nailed it. Yeah, it's scary. Nothing, you know, the on the internet. internet. The and internet. We get, and we do get some weirdos, honestly. And like, we get some mean, unkind although, statements. Although, honestly, we get the weirdos about the weirdest, most random things. Oh, no. Like, it's never about the things yeah. we expect are going to be controversial. We get the weirdest comments about the weirdest stuff. Like, it, it's very confusing, but whatever. I think in general, what I've learned from this conversation is that I have a really good friend. Yeah. And I'm really glad that I met her. And I don't I, think that my first friend after loss could have been and just anyone. It had to be someone really special. So I want to ask Mel, this is a selfish question. You met me, right? Like yeah. you knew you were like, oh, Judith, Judith told you she had a podcast. Like, what did you think when she was like, oh, I have a podcast with 20,000 downloads and like it's a dead baby podcast. <laughs> of this like random person I met on Reddit. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, amazed. I was amazed. I was amazed because, and I don't think I would have been this way if I had not done my own art journey and tried to do my own art on Instagram, this and that. But I was just amazed because for someone to even, I'm still amazed. Because you listen to the podcast. You listen. I haven't listened to that many episodes. But you listen. But I've listened before. But I I tried to make my own art Instagram. And when I am not in a cheery mood or I like, I don't know how to post. I don't know how to share about my life. I feel guilty sharing. I feel ashamed to share. (laughs) You see, I have problems. I, and so like, I rarely post because so to commit to something like that, you guys committed in the state that you were in. I mean, it just blows my mind and you continue to show up and do it, which is incredible. It takes so much. So people like, I think having experienced kind of trying to do that. I'm still trying to do it myself with my own mm-hmm. stuff. Like it, it, it amazes me. Anyone, any venture, anyone does the effort that it it's takes to do lot. anything yeah. in this life. Oh, it's a lot. It's like, a, lot. a person gets up at karaoke night. Like I am amazed. <laughs> anyway. Okay, guys, that's my new friend, Mel. Focus I just wanted to say one thing that I typed on my phone because okay. I was thinking about this. Please. Okay. This is what I said. What's hard about the friendship is that relationships are hard in general mm-hmm. and seeing relationships through during hard times is hard. That's true. And especially, especially now when like friends, like in my own friendships with friendships that have endured for a very long time, like now we're all experiencing very different things. So I've had friends get pregnant a lot earlier than me and like feeling sad feelings about that. I have a friend whose baby is in the NICU and like having a really hard time. She's having a really, very, really different like parenting experience. So like, before it was like all of our friends, we were like, yeah, we'll go to high school and then we'll go to college. And then we'll, right. you know, like same life. we ended up all kind of finding our partners around the same time and just kind of got lucky in that respect. And so now we're having to try to find in, in general, despite lost mom, this or that, like with my regular, my friendships, my regular friendships, my friendships <laughs> that I had before, we're already having to like learn how to navigate tough spots. How do I hold space for you and hold space for myself when we have these very different experiences? Do I like, do we now go find people who have similar experiences and say peace out for, for 10 years? Mm -hmm. Like, do we come back later? You know how, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that. I want to like, my friends are like family to me. So it's, it's like having to be really having, have really hard conversations and be really honest and transparent and hope that that pays off or whatever. And so I think, like in our friendship, like friendships in general around this time are challenging. Yeah. And making that? friends in this stage is hard. Maintaining friendships anyway. in this are hard. This is just one hard way. Yeah. Everybody has shtick. This is just 
one of many complications with your friendships. Yeah. I guess when you're talking about people like shying away from talking mm -hmm. about loss, you know, loss or whatever, like we're all going to hit shit. Yeah. And so if you find a friend now who can be in shit with you, you're just saving yourself a bunch of time. Like I agree. People who are lost moms that like when you actually make your friend or whatever, like you're just saving yourself a bunch of boring conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you know that this person can go through the hard times with you. So no yeah. matter what yeah. comes your way, we'll be friends. Yeah. I you don't have to that. worry about leaving or being in different stations and different Yeah, and I think you're unique. Like I don't know that I'd be friends with every lost mom. Like your personality, like it just works. It just works. Loss just works. It, it looks good on me. It looks so good on you. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay.